You really care about her, huh? Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I don't know. If I'm gonna do this payment plan thing, I need a show of good faith, you know? Something concrete. Well, like what? A blowjob. <laughs> nah, I told you she's not gonna do that anymore. Who said anything about her? Yeah, we're definitely outside the box now, huh? Now you gotta ask yourself, how far are you willing to go? Hmm? How much do you really care about her? <laughs> I'm joking, man. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Damn. Do I look gay to you? No, but Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You want to be president? Let me tell you the first rule of politics. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. You know what that means? It means you don't steal my girl unless you're ready to accept the consequences. Presents Cinema Nine Podcast live and uncensored. We're going to talk about the girl next door. Does it hold up or not? We're going to do some quarantine viewing picks. Of course, you can always go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review if you like. It'll be a good time. And of course, you can follow us on all your favorite social media, Cinema Nine Pod. Email the show, Cinema Nine Pod at protonmail.com. All right, we're off to Travis Roy. Travis Roy just got done with parent teacher conferences. He's having a great time. What an yeah. exciting night to be alive. Yeah, it's uh, it's snowing in, De in Detroit, which is always always nice. Is it? Yep. Um, at least, at least it's I haven't been outside Hazel all day. Park. Um, it's uh, it's been a brisk one, but it's uh, it's my kind of weather. Long fucking day, but I'm happy to be here with you guys to talk about this film from 2004, The Girl Next Door. Uh, sounds yeah. about right, eh, Eric? That's how we're all feeling. I got a. I got a mystery check from the government for like $1,300. I don't know if I should try to cash cash it or what to do with it, but it's been racking my brain all day. Uh, what, what should I do should. here? Is it part Always of the know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Mm. I don't know if it's That's part of you the need child to care thing or Biden yeah, probably, bucks, yeah. Trump bucks. I don't have no clue what it is. I would guess it's either b belated stimulus money or child care credits. Probably child care credits. Cool. Yeah. Fucking leads a week. 
your wheel. Maybe it's a bogus lead. Maybe it's a bogus lead. Who knows? There's a big picture of Ronald Reagan on it, but so I don't know how why that would be relevant to to anything right now. I think you're expected to frame and worship it. Uh, Somebody this morning got really excited. Somebody posted three comments at two fifty two a.m. They're really excited. It does. Does. Oh, okay. Alicia rocks. Five stars, all from the same wow. guy. So Whoa, he was four really... stars, and then one ex- is that like a supernova? The hell is that thing at the end? Oh yeah, this is like a special crown star or something. Yeah, right. I like it. Anyways, Thank you, Gavish. thanks, Gavish Sethi. And I know you're excited. I don't know if you're actually here for the show, but you don't have to be. Remember, you can check out all these shows on YouTube anytime you want. They're all there in perpetuity. At least as far as when we started doing this on the regular, which is not every episode, believe it or not, but it's a, a fair amount of them. Yeah, the last 50 or so. I mean, that's a lot. Sure. Yeah, 50 is fine. Ish. Uh, yeah, so, all right, well, let's get into it. Quarantine viewing picks. Uh, Travis Roy, you're up first. I really haven't watched a lot this week. It's been a really busy week. Um, somehow I, I managed to check out both recent offerings from uh, The Rock. I watched uh, <laughs> Jungle Cruise from 2021. <laughs> yeah. um, it was like loud color in the background. I I watched it too, man. <laughs> I didn't dislike it. It was what I expected, you know, but it just like felt like, I don't know, it was really bright noise. I, I couldn't put my finger on it either. Like I, I didn't dislike it, but it was just like noise and stuff was happening for two and a half hours. If I was a toddler, I would have fucking loved it. Yeah. I would probably, you know, like reach out and bat it at it. Something shiny, you know? Yeah. Um, which was about what you got out of Red Notice also. I mean, at least it's like completely new uh, material, you know, new heist movie, but it's not like based on any IP or anything. Um, uh, you know, like it's what I expected. You guys are familiar with Red Notice. This is, you know, this is uh, Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Gal Gadot all teamed up for a caper or whatnot. And it's you get what you order. Um, you know, you're, you're not uh, this isn't. This isn't David Mamet. You know, this isn't anything to <laughs> sit down and analyze. Um, there'll probably be a bunch of them. Who fucking yep. cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, I watched The Girl Next Door, and I finally watched Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which, of course, I okay. do wish I'd seen it in theaters, but Delta was cresting. And uh, so I, I skipped this one in the theaters, and I loved it you know it really it followed the marvel formula pretty pretty well but i mean these 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 action sequences are outstanding um you know they 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 make you connect with some characters and with the with some fairly brief screen time i think that we have yet another like um i wouldn't say like overly complex villain but i mean at least it's like you know there's 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 shades here. There's nuance. There's there's uh, there's stuff to sympathize with, and it, it doesn't ex- exactly go like you would expect. Um, so yeah, definitely love Shang Chi. I will watch it again. And those are the movies I watched. Dang, those are the movies that he watched. Right. Vanilla formulaic trash is on the scene yeah. again in <laughs> yeah, Hollywood. It's all, it's all big studio shit this week for some reason. I guess big studio shit trash. Brain off TV on. <laughs> Eric, what have you been watching? It's going to be our shortest episode ever. Five minutes in, and and <laughs> Travis is already done with his quarantine picks. That's right. It. Yeah. Hey, Luckily, it I watched to be two the, hours long. You know, we got yeah, lives you know, here. I watched a ton of stuff, man. I, I had a big week for movies. So sometimes they come back. Has always been 
in yeah. my opinion, one of the most underrated Stephen King adaptations. Fuck yeah. Uh, uh, ever. And I, I used to watch this all the time with my older brother, Marty, back in the day. And it hit me again, man. It just, it's, it's, it's genuinely eerie, but it's also like a really sweet story about brothers. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out on Tubi because it's, it's really cool with, with, like, like interesting horror elements and really sweet family elements. Love sometimes they come back. I haven't seen sometimes they come back again or sometimes they come back for more, but I doubt that they are as good as this original yeah. adaptation. I'm inclined to agree with you. I watched The Princess Diaries with Anne Hathaway and, and Julie Andrews. I mean, what do you want from me, man? When you got Disney Plus, you just keep hitting play on whatever the fuck pops up. You don't have to. There are other options. Yes. Well, I like you Julie can't sit here and pretend like there. Yeah, there you go. Now you get that. It's okay like that you Julie wanted Andrews. to watch. That's fine. Don't pretend like there isn't five million other movies you could have watched with a touch of a button. All right, I needed a scapegoat. <laughs> I, I I liked it, but I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, well, what is the what are people's problems with Anne Hathaway? Because like we got this whole like faction that's like Anne Hathaway is so overrated. And I'm like sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, what's the problem? Because she's very beautiful, and not that. You no know, beauty is everything. That's just one element from a superstar like of that caliber. And she seems okay. like a really friendly person. So what's the problem? I think I pinpointed it. Okay. In my opinion, when she's acting in any movie, she kind of acts like she has like all this charisma when she really doesn't have all that charisma like to begin that's with. That's not it. No, no, no. That's okay. it's actually very clear. You could Google it. it People think she's pretentious. Oh, you could she's pretentious, and she overacts. Like uh, a good example of us in the Dark Knight Rises when she does that fake crying thing and then goes immediately to straight face. Yes, she's playing a role there too. But people think that's how she is in real life. I think that mm. her. Um, I think that she does well under certain directors. I mean, Les Mis, she was fucking outstanding in that. Yeah, I, she's I really good in that. Die on yeah. that hill, but yeah. I do think that there's other stuff that I wanted to like her in. But I, sometimes, like she's the kind of actor that you're reminded that they're acting while they're acting. That yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I think you're right. Because uh, I'm like watching her. this I'm and a I'm fan, like, but... yeah, no, I don't dislike I don't her. her. Yeah, but like if you have like like Julia Roberts is like a clear superstar. It's like born superstar. And I compare her, not that I have to, but to someone like Anne Hathaway and Gary Marshall. I only do that because Gary Marshall directed Pretty Woman, which I just watched recently. And then I watched this and I'm like, what's okay. the problem here? Like, like we have this this person who like I should be like should be the star. And like there's this problem. I think you're right. Oh, she's overacting and I'm just not buying it. I don't know. Either way, I watched. I, fuck it. I watched both of them. As soon as it <laughs> ended, is trash, soon as it ended I just put Julie on Roberts two. trash. Really, I love oh, a yeah. lot of her movies. Really? But like, I wouldn't, awful I wouldn't want to be woman, and yeah, she, she's she way overrated. She's awful. I wouldn't want to be stuck in an elevator with her. She doesn't. No, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, very, I do love America's Sweethearts. I'll always admit that. But otherwise, she's tremendously overrated. That's just my opinion. I know it's not commonplace. Well, we're here to hear your opinion yeah, that's, about that's, film that's and actors. So that's that's, that's true. I, that is. I, I like her. I like her. I'll watch just about anything she's in. Yeah, but uh, I, I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily want to hang out with her. She stinks. She stinks. She like her and Brad Pitt. No, thank you. I'm sure they're great people, nice people, terrible people. I have no fucking idea, honestly. But I, they're very famously not big on like like deodorant. Wow. Oh. No, no, thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Um. You know what? There's a really good yeah. music documentary on Leonard Skinner on Netflix. If I leave here tomorrow or if i leave you tomorrow i think it's called something like that mm -hmm. it's fucking really good man if you're in a do just docs about you don't have to be a huge fan of leonard skinner but 
in terms of just a movie about the, the creative process, it's a really good documentary. Uh, I recommend it. And I just started kind of getting, I'm not going to say I'm into them, but I started appreciating them later in life. And now I'm like, shit, these are some really fucking good songs. Oh, yeah. Guys really? that are under 30. Watch the doc. I, I think you'd really enjoy it, Travis. They talk about how they rehearsed everything down to like the note before they even went into the studio. And they talk about their whole process, how they went, were in the swamp, like in the shack, just like practicing all day long. And it was, it's just really fun. It was just a fresh, fresh uh, music doc. Cool. Swamp Shack. Mm. <laughs> Swamp Shack. Lula Rich is on Amazon. It's this documentary about this supposed Lula Row pyramid scheme. You guys know the story? Mm -mm. I had no clue what I was watching until I came down and it was on the television. So I sat there and watched like this four part series. I guess it's one of those. You know how you get like. <laughs> Like Facebook requests from like your friends, usually they're females. They're like, "Hey, like I'm making money on the side. Try this, and uh, it'll it'll help you. It works." It's yeah. like one of those, but it's like about like these cheap leggings that like people buy because the prints are interesting, oh, and then like they yeah, like yeah. rip in five seconds, and like they're plagiarized. All the artists completely plagiarized, and like they get shipped to you soaked in like pond scum. And like it's it's just a classic pyramid scheme. Like you make money if the person under you signs up. It's kind of interesting in theory, but it is like a first world problems. The the documentary. It's like <laughs> maddeningly obvious. Like it's like oh, you took a job on part time job on Craigslist, and you're surprised that you're out a thousand dollars. You know, woe woe to me. It's a little frustrating, but kind of an interesting story. I don't know if it's worth four parts. Ah. Uh. Definitely lost me with that last little detail. Yeah. Just look up an article instead. It's not worth the four parts. The Burning. Finally oh, saw yeah. The Burning 1981 slasher starring Jason Alexander and uh, yeah. Holly Hunter makes a brief appearance. And Fisher Stevens taint. Fish. <laughs> Just going to let that lay there for a second. And yes, Fisher Stevens taint. Um, okay, but did you know this? Hmm. Written by Harvey Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, did you Written notice by Holly, Holly Hunter? Weinstein. You notice Holly Hunter in that shit? Uh yeah. Um, uh, it, it's a it's, it's a, a problem. I, I say that shit lovingly. I think it's a fine film. Now I'm not a Weinstein fan by any stretch, but I mean this is the influential classic fucking '80s slasher, low budget yeah, classic I, I, '80s horror. Like an hour went by, nobody even died. They're just like having fun at the camp. I I don't know if I don't know I don't really get the hype. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can approve of the burning. Yeah, but once Sorry. they die, they start dying in huge groups. Um, you know, Tom I, Savini's I really like effects that. were solid, yeah. but you know, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, you, got, you got you got you got a young behaired um, Jason Alexander. Yeah, behaired, very um, behaired. You got uh, what's his name? Uh, I, what's his name? Nate Eisenberg, Ned Eisenberg in there doing some good stuff. I don't know. I think it's funny. I think it's a good horror, but you know, to each their own. Uh, Dune. Okay. So I watched Dune. I was mm -hmm. sick on Monday, Mike. So I sat there. I have HBO Max. So I have act. It's unbelievable. I have access to this major film that's in theaters. I can just push play. It never ceases. Every time I do it on HBO Max, I'm like, how, how is this? How am I doing this? I hit play. I watched it. It's two and a half hours long. What did you think again, Travis? I, I couldn't remember your review. Um, I didn't seem to like it as much as most people. Uh, I certainly enjoyed it. I'm not going to get any tattoos about it or anything. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I liked it. I found it a little, you know, 
a little sparse and meandering in some places, but also yeah. um, very visually uh, appealing. I mean, like, you know, like I, I, a little overhyped, but good. I think the problem was it, it just was not for me at all. Like I can admire it technically, like great acting, cool shots, but I didn't care about anything that was happening. Mm. And I was hoping that it'd be one of those sci-fi films that even though I'm not a big sci-fi person would grab me and be like, Oh, this is this. Now I can start to get into this. I didn't give a shit about anything that was happening. So I'm three for three on these doom adaptations. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. After Lynch, the sci-fi channel, and then this villain picture, I, I don't care about Dune anymore. And I'm just going to come out and say it. I don't give a fuck about Dune. You don't have to. It's okay. I don't. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Old. I finally watched M. Night Shyamalan's Old. I rented it. It's awful. It's awful. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. All right. I'm still going to watch it, but yeah, my expectations. That's, that's the thing. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Someone could say, oh, you see M. Night Shyamalan's new film is fucking god awful. I would still watch it. Yeah. That's the and thing, that's, man. Yeah. And that's. That says things about him as a filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. But it also says things that most of us will wait till it's free. <laughs> Big recommendation of the week. Sorry to go on so long is introducing Selma Blair, a documentary that is on Discovery Plus, <laughs> which I forgot to add. I signed up for Discovery, Discovery Plus, Plus just for this. So I could watch this. Yeah, of course you did. I know so you did. I got to figure out how to manage my subscriptions. You do. It'll but be like a, even if like I get episode in a row, you complain yeah. about this. <laughs> <laughs> even if I get bit on a five ninety nine, it was worth it. Fucking fantastic documentary about this artist who's struggling with multiple sclerosis and her um, journey to undergo uh, stem cell treatment. Mm. Uh, it's it's really powerful <sighs> and engaging look at this process and this this kind of underrated or underappreciated or probably a better adjective is like un underutilized actress. So definitely like the film. Cool. I'm not going to start streaming Disney or uh, discovery plus just for that, but I'll nothing else out. on there. There's nothing else on there. <laughs> it's like old episodes of this old house. And that's it. That's a big pass. Elton John. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there it is. Eric Branstrom's finest of the week. Uh, I didn't really watch any movies this week besides the movie we had to watch. I watched a lot of TV, so I was really stuck on Showtime anytime. And, you know, with the new Dexter series coming back, I never watched Dexter ever. So I started okay. watching Dexter. Yeah. And boy, I really was missing out. This is a, uh, yeah. This might be the most cynical show of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's mind blowingly like, wow, okay, this is how it is. And it works. I'm on season two and I'm. I took a little break though. I got a little monotonous. I, I got a little bit tired. So like the worst by far. Like, season two. Sucks. Oh really? I yeah. Then oh, it okay. gets incredible after that. Jimmy Smith is in season three, and then Lithgow. Season, season four oh. is all Se the season, best by yeah, far. Season four is a peak, and it kind of does start to decline after after yeah, season four. I'll just say. just for the record, I I am of the rare fan. I love all all seasons. I even love the last episode. I like I like the whole show. I do think there's flaws. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I I. I will I will stand by Dexter, and I'm excited to to watch the uh, the new thing. I'm glad you're checking it out, Mike. Yeah, man. Yeah, long overdue. I'm just like, what's this fucking Dexter shit? I always heard about it forever. I know he's a serial killer, good guy. That was obvious. Spoiler yeah, alert. Uh, 
Aaron says that him and Dana have rewatched Dexter in preparation for Dexter New Blood, which is now available on Showtime. Damn. Uh, which obviously tells me that Dexter maybe never actually gets caught. Unfortunately, it's kind of a spoiler. The fact that there's a new show and he's still around. So It's a prequel? Isn't it unbelievable <laughs> that they can just bring shows back nowadays? Like, never in my wildest dreams would I thought this would be a thing, like, in the 90s or whatever. I mean, sometimes it's not for the best. You know, I mean, yeah. I, at, like... Uh, yeah. Arrested Development, like, oof, like, you didn't need to thank, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that great. It really wasn't. Have you been watching uh, Curb? I haven't started watching Curb I haven't yet. started it either, no. I think I'm two seasons behind, actually. So oh, really? I should be watching it. I just I didn't have access. I, I don't know why I haven't. So, I don't know why I haven't either. I heard I some of the late, recent episodes are some of the finest work he's done yet, so I'm I'll sure it's hilarious. It. I'll get on it. I got to get on it, too. Uh, I did watch this show on Showtime called City on a Hill with Kevin Bacon playing the scumbag-ass... It's about early 90s Boston, late 80s, early 90s Boston. And it's like The Wire in the sense that all of these parts of the city are intertwined. And Kevin Bacon's a scumbag FBI agent. There's hints of Whitey Bulger in it because it's right after Whitey Bulger like takes off and runs away and goes into hiding. And the FBI gets exploited for what it really was. And he's one of these old-timey guys. And there's like a new guard of young African-Americans who are trying to create actual change. Aldous Hodge is the lead character on that end, and the show was great. I blew through two seasons. There's only two seasons. It looks like they just shut it down. I think it's over, but I am going to honestly say this is seriously maybe some of Kevin Bacon's best work he's ever done. Whoa, I'm not whoa, even whoa. kidding you. Like he's He makes it so worth it. He's such a scumbag, and this, he's got this mustache throughout the whole show with this early 90s hair, and he's all haggard and fucked up, but he's, he's cunning. Late film sleepers kind of yes, yeah. yeah. Except that he's right. except that he's just that much older now and like he truly fits the part of a guy who's past his prime. So awesome. it's really I strongly recommend it. It's City on a Hill. It's also executive produced by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. So oh. you know, they know the city pretty well. And there's a lot of for me, Travis, I really enjoyed the fact because there's a lot of real historical shit built into it. That like like the wire, it kind of like sets the tone yeah. for it. So I think it's I don't know if people like the show or not. I think it's over because they only did Never two seasons. Heard I've heard. I don't of think it. they're doing a third one. Oh, that's too bad. I don't think so. But they the, the show came out in 2019, so I don't know. Maybe there's a third season. But it kind of seemed like they wrapped it up on the final episode of this oh. season two. Okay. Well, that, I'd be fine with that. Honestly, I mean, I don't yeah, want to latch on to 16 seasons of some bullshit. You know, that's what I thought of because uh, I watched. You know. The morning show, I wanted to watch season two. I hadn't watched it yet. I loved the first season. Mm -hmm. And I started watching the season two, and I kind of was like, you know what? I wish they would have just made this a one-off. I'm liking season two, Ooh. but I'm not nearly as into it as I was with season one. I really am liking it, though. Uh, um, but I but uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm all for limited series these days. It's like, that's a, I think it's the perfect form. of Love limited series. It's <laughs> the perfect form right there. There's about like maybe nine one-hour episodes, and I'm happy. I keep hearing the good things about, like, Yellowstone, but it looks yeah, like. Yeah, I've heard that, too. I've never watched dry it. to me, but, like, I keep hearing it's really good. Yeah, I hear that, too. Uh, I'm going to have to get Costner. fucking Paramount Plus now. God Yeah. <laughs> There's not um, much on there. I had that one. It was fuck. worthless. Oh. Well, I know that, um. I'm on episode three of season two of the morning show, and I'm definitely going to watch the rest of the season. But it did occur to me, like, boy, they was just so hard hitting in season one, and now it's like all kind of fucked up. And I'm sure it'll be worth it in the end. I'm got to finish the season out. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So I just uh, I also watch a Ooh. documentary. You're gonna love this, Travis. <laughs> JFK revisited. Are you watching? 
Come on, dude. Uh, are you kidding Remember, me? I, I'm, I love I JFK know, the movie. I didn't know he released it. I thought I was waiting for it, but I didn't know he released it. Oh, it's it. on Showtime, dude. Oh, and fuck. I'm gonna, I will say this. I'll watch. It's nothing like the movie. It's a documentary. It's an updated, oh, it is it's an updated Stone, version. Right? What's that? It's still, it's still fiction, right? It is by Oliver Stone. It's an updated bit-by-bit -bit account with specific... Now, I know you're going to say what you're going to say, but I'm telling you, there's all the documents they show bit-by-bit, because bit, all the... Um, what was it? The subcommittee on assassinations and then the 1992 committee gotcha. after JFK came out where they were going to release 2 million more documents over the last 30 years, and they have done that. So he wants to go through it with all the documents. It's very document heavy. It actually makes it kind of boring as fuck, mm. but I will give him credit for it being really sourced and just evidence, not like, hey, well, I saw this fucking guy. He did some shit. So, this is such a cry wolf so. thing, though, because imagine like the most pure truth you can you can think of, like something that's absolutely <laughs> fundamentally true coming out of the mouth of like, out of like Alex, the mouth of Alex Jones. Like you're just going to like, I'm not even going <laughs> to fucking sit here and listen to this. I'm going to completely discount this because of the source. So I, I'm, <gasps> I think we disagree on the extreme nature of Oliver Stone versus Alex Jones, but I know what you're saying. I get yeah. your point. For you, that's what it is. Yeah, no, that's, wow. that, that, yeah, that was the point I was making. Not that he's yeah. necessarily. So does does level. new shit come to light on this, or is it just lots of new shit? This, to light. Redacted uh, this, redacted that. You know, hey, hearsay. Yeah, this. yeah, I mean, it's like we know the truth, and it's kind of lays out the groundwork for it. It's not really that revelatory because we already know what the story is, and it tries to lay out the evidentiary evidentiary sourcing of these things that we thought we knew. And there's still a few things that are locked up though, so fuck it. <laughs> It is surprising yeah. me that keep on they just keep on pushing that back. Like it's a fucking half a century ago, man. Why do you keep on stalling it on this? No sense. Wait for all the there's grandchildren, there's nieces. These people's lives will be impacted in on <laughs> <laughs> uh, trash fest. I also watched a documentary called "Anything Is Possible." You have to say it like that because that's how do Kevin you? Garnett would say it. It's a documentary about Kevin Garnett, a basketball player, came Star from small. That's right. Yes, that is, that's him. Travis yes. made a sports that's, reference. Well, nice no, job, buddy. I made a film reference. It's the only thing I know about him. Yeah, Mostly known too. for his me Hall too. of Fame basketball career. Yes, but he came tall, from nothing. Right? And very tall. He's six foot eleven, and he's skinny, and Holy he's shit. very, he's very loud. He's very, he's a shit talker. He really has a strong personality, and uh, I gotta say though, I, I liked it because it was like really raw and honest, and that's the kind of stuff I want. I want it to be. What are you providing for me? We saw you play basketball. What else are you giving me here? Are you going to give me inside stories? Are you going to tell me what it was really like during these periods in between games and off seasons and struggles? And he really did that with uh, a real sense of brutal honesty and a lot of swearing. I mean, a ton of swearing. He's just swearing <laughs> throughout this thing. That's totally, good. totally raw. So I would recommend it, even if you're not a basketball fan. It's a well, fascinating I've, story about a I've guy been... who came from nothing. I've been meaning to watch that. Like, I mean, like, I think it's pretty much common knowledge that Michael Jordan is like historically like not a very good guy. But I've been meaning to watch <laughs> the documentary, uh, The Last Dance or whatever. Oh, on, yeah, that's on him. trash. Don't watch that. Is you it? won't even care really? about that at all. Trust really? me. You'll find no value in it. It's dumb. Even sports wow. fans are like, oh, this is cool. But if you don't, you're not going to get anything out of it because he doesn't reveal anything about himself. It's the same old shit with that guy. Michael Jordan. Some, a, yeah. Give you me know, something like Malice at the Palace, man. You got to watch it's that. What, awesome. Jim Brown, you know, Jim Brown, former yeah, football right. player turned actor, who was right. in Oliver Stone's Any Given Sunday, by the way. Uh, he often has said, what if Michael Jordan spoke up about some of the things that some lesser-known athletes and some lesser-known people had spoken up about? Like, their impact could be tremendously huge for the African-American community and for civil rights. 
but he doesn't he doesn't do anything. I think there's a big big disrespect for Michael Jordan, and it's kind of sad because he's so rich and wealthy, but he's kind of He'd a rather egotistical not maniac. His own employees at his steakhouse when he visits it in Chicago. <laughs> exactly. Really? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, close, uh, let me close it out with uh, I watched American Rust season one and it's really, oh. really good. And I want to strongly recommend it. I think I texted off screen about this last week because I forgot to mention it. Old man Jeff Daniels and Maura Tierney. Old woman Maura Tierney. They're both older, but they're killing it. Fantastic. Outstanding oh. acting. Great writing. And it kind of went hand in hand with what we were talking about what was I talking about last week with the uh, like the backwoods Pennsylvania Appalachia stuff? I mentioned another movie that reminded me of that or a uh, show out of the furnace. out of the furnace. Oh yeah, so it kind of like went hand in hand with this. It was like an update to Out of the Furnace because it's about right out 15 miles from the border of West Virginia, this small Pennsylvania town outside of Pittsburgh. Jeff Daniels has a past, or does he? What is it? Who knows? <laughs> Watch the show. Wow, pretty good. I'm almost pretty afraid good. to ask, but <clears throat> what streaming service is it on again? I guess uh, it's Showtime. Yeah, everything's on. I'm all Showtime yeah. these days. Some, someone got a subscription. God, yeah, <laughs> I got it. I can hook you up, man. I can take care of it. No, no, I've got it. I, well, I no, actually, do I don't. I can't remember. Eric, I could do, you know, lose track of the, try yeah, to ease your burden, that. Eric, on your uh, subscriptions. So I'll, I'll take your subscription. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> well uh, Joke Moner's popping in. He says, hey, what's up, guys? Nice seeing hey, you buddy. guys again. What's you guys up, change your time. We did. Yes, we got it later. Yeah, we did. It was a scheduling snafu. The Girl Next Door, very nice movie. Oh, Waiting for you guys nice to do a podcast about it. Really? Well, here you are. This is Wait, the, the wait's over. <laughs> yeah, it's time. We're going to talk about The Girl Next Door, a yeah, 2004 film. Yeah, how about that? It's kind of worked out naturally. That wasn't even pre-scripted, folks. In fact, none of the show is pre-scripted, just so it's clear. This is, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. In no. case it's not obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this is all taped live before a no studio audience. Anybody who can get access to the link can join us. So. Live yeah, so that's, dogs. <laughs> that's right. Uh, no emails this week either. So this is a 2004 film starring Emil Hirsch and Alicia Cuthbert. Also, Paul Dano's in go. this. Paul Dano yeah. became a very respected no actor idea. after this. Yeah, mm -hmm. Paul Dano shows up. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant and maybe one of his best fucking roles. So funny in this movie. We'll talk more about that. James uh, Rebar. Yeah, we will. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> no. Quitsy. No way. Clitz, you know I wouldn't ask for this unless I really needed it. Matt, believe me, I want to help you, but... I... No, we'll, we'll get expelled and... Clitz, shut up. Do me a favor, okay? Take a look at us. Okay, take a good look at us. Do you know what we are, the three of us? What? We're a fucking tripod. A tripod? Yeah. You know what that means? That means that if you kick out one of our legs, then we all fall. Come on, baby. Oh, fuck. Travis Roy, did you ever see this movie? You said you had a copy of it back yeah. in the day, so I'm yeah. certain you have memories. This is when I bought the used DVD of, I think, when I was still working at the Blockbuster film. Uh, so I've just got what, what Travis Scott. I think Kanye yeah, West. Travis Scott is a Travis Scott. Travis Scott. <laughs> yeah, we got Kanye West and wow. Travis Scott love our show. So thanks, guys. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, Thank for you those so that much. are listening, not watching, we get messaged every now and then by rap superstars. So <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> Best to you That's and yours. Yeah. Two of the biggest <laughs> names in the business, man. Shit. 
Uh, I'd never heard of Travis Scott until the, the recent sadness. We want to thank oh. Machine Gun Kelly for the five-star review we left <laughs> us last week. Um, yeah, so th- I watched the movie. I really liked the movie. I had not watched the movie, I would guess, since 05, 06. It was one that, like, you know, I bur- it burned fast and bright. When I bought it, I watched the shit out of it, and then I didn't watch it again until last night. There it is. Eric Bransham, first time you saw this film. Tell me. Two days ago. Uh, yeah. Two days ago, I. That's it. That's that's all I can say. It's a good story. That's a beautiful <laughs> story. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Sorry, to disappoint. Uh, celebrated rapper Travis Scott, but I only recently seen this film. Well, I definitely saw this film uh, in the late two thousands. I didn't see it when it first came out. I picked up on it. And I remember, I was like, oh wow, this is a fun film, and I started watching it, and uh, it had been. It really kind of hit me. It was like, oh. This is awesome, and it really exposed me to Timothy Oliphant for the first time, at least in my experience. Everybody absorbs films differently, and we're all timelines are all different. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's hilarious. I'm into this dude. I think it was my first experience with him. Go wasn't? I mean, uh, well, like I don't remember. I mean, I, I remember. I mean, I watched Go when it came out, but like, I yeah, he, he wasn't memorable to me. It wasn't like, oh. who is this guy? Like, I'm gonna follow this person's career. But like, when this movie came out, I did the same thing. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He's like a superstar. Yeah, it was like this is the same time that Justified show was on FX, and I was like, "Oh, that guy from yeah. Justified." Okay, was it the same time? Well, that's when I saw this movie. Uh, it was like I said, it was a few years later. Gotcha, so. gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Travis Scott wants to know when we're going to get into Christmas movies. Uh, honestly, <laughs> probably next month. I'm sure we'll probably do some type of holiday <laughs> film. <laughs> Likely, yeah. We, we like to be timely. You know, uh, we're not we'll get fools. a screenshot of that. Damn. <laughs> Uh, so, what is the rating on this film on IMDb? Uh, I saw it. I didn't mean to. But you know what? The fucking Amazon people just post that shit right next to the title. If you go oh. looking for it, it's right there. So I'm like, close. bastards. Yeah. Yeah. So Ooh, close. Glad I avoid that. Oh, uh, I'm going to say this is a... Uh, people like this movie, but it can't be that great. It's dumb in a way. So, I'd say it's a 6.5. Eric? I do believe, Travis, it's a 6.6, six, isn't it? It's a 6.7. Oh, Jesus, well, six a, seven. It's a solid <laughs> film. So. That's a that's a well reviewed film. I mean, it's not yeah. classic territory, but it's certainly well regarded. <laughs> well regarded. Oh, I'm man. actually really excited for the reviews on this one because I really don't know what the critics had to say about this film. All right, let's dive in. But they definitely splatted it with the 56 percent review rating on the Rotten Tomatoes thermometer. 56 percent is not good. 69% though from the audience. So the audience was more into this film than the critics were. Unsurprising. And yeah, again, I don't think that's surprising at all. I would agree. As far as the critics, well, uh, we got a lot more. Goody Coons. Goody Coons. Goody Coons. Descend or Goody Coons. We got a lot more reviews for this one than last week's. I know that. Non regular listeners are like, what the fuck language is this? Travis Scott is like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, Bill Goody Coons. He writes for the uh, Arizona uh, Republic. Is yeah, Bill. Uh, I'm just letting people know who he is. Uh, I haven't found Bill yet. So uh, was it the let's Arizona go with Republican or something. <laughs> how about old Richard Roper from Ebert and Roper, which just doesn't sure. have the same ring to it. Really does. Uh, <laughs> risky business, while cynical and salacious, also had style, charm, and heart. The girl next door is just nasty, loud, and empty. I knew it. Um, I knew, yeah. I, I knew yeah. it. Was, how, yeah. how many critics compared it to Risky Business? I'm just wondering. I mean, 
I just wasn't, I mean, like this fucking guy, like why would, why would like anybody that would be interested in this movie, why would you give a fuck about his opinion? It just doesn't like those two things don't really line up. I don't think this movie's (laughs) not for him. (laughs) Wow. I didn't think of risky business at all, but here's another one. Janice Page of the Boston Globe said, seems mainly about ripping off 1983's risky business without attribution. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse Thompson. Here he is. This is from April 9th. 2004 on that date that's what Thompson said that's right he said this an entertaining affair whose wild card creativity never ceases to surprise all right way to go Dessen my man he's down Dessen Roger Ebert was still alive he says this is a dishonest queeze inducing comedy that had me feeling uneasy and then unclean Okay, so I think immediately we're going to get into the heart of the matter is however comfortable you are with pornography is going to really affect how you feel about this movie. Because if you think it's dirty and nasty and gross and bad, (laughs) then then you're probably going to have a hard time with this film. (laughs) Which clearly some of these people got their fucking thumb up their butt. Like, okay, go have a fucking time. Yeah, I think uh, Ebert would be still open-minded, but maybe he yeah. did have his thumb up his we, ass. Dude, Roger Ebert wrote Valley of the Dolls. He's fine with pornos. Oh, yeah, okay, true. guys, this is guys, this is getting out of control. I'm just okay. gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson, alive and well. Wow. To say the resurrected <laughs> virtual corpse of Michael Jackson. Hee-hee. <laughs> The, the reason that's so funny be, is like you can't you can't change up. your name like you can't you don't put a name on these comments like whatever your YouTube name is is who you are. It's just so funny that these are the people that keep showing up. <laughs> I would be willing to bet a hundred dollars. This is Chud Bud. It's <laughs> Chud Bud conspiracy. All right, yep. so uh, I yes. played in a band called Chud Bud Conspiracy back in the nineties. I remember Didn't that. You? Yeah, that was decent. Not bad. Um, <laughs> So this movie does have a heavy porn element, and this is at a time when Jenna Jameson became mainstream and porn really kind of came into the mainstream. So that was probably the reason this movie got lit in a way, because it's a mainstream film that's for like kids. It is teenagers, at least. I mean, it's a teen, teeny movie. It's about high schoolers. It's Uh, an exaggerated fantasy, which is what porn is. uh, Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's fair. I mean, this is like male fantasy, the movie. Sure. Well, if you wanted to call this movie gross for uh, language and a lot of homophobia, there's that's involved in this. I mean, the F words used repeatedly in this show, movie a lot. Eli's and, gay though, right? Ooh. Eli just hasn't figured it out yet. He like where he's bi. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Like, Eli, well, Eli likes men. Like Eli. So he's he, doing the classic. Uh, yeah. Trying to overly trying to be too straight. Yeah, he wants to beat off with his friends constantly. Like um, <laughs> he he's constantly bringing up the—he's the only one really bringing up the slurs for the most part. Like Eli's That's true. Eli's dealing with some shit. That's a great point. I guess uh, I hadn't thought of it like that. Well said, Travis. That's why we do the show. We learn more about the movie from each other. Eli. And I will say that uh, Chris Marquette, who plays Eli, he's—he's uh, he's got great. He was really good in Just Friends, playing Ryan Reynolds' yes. younger brother. He's yes. very funny. He's got yeah. a. He's got that uh, he's got a good time, comedic good timing. timing. He does. He he's does. really natural, and I wish he did more. He, I yeah, too. He, he was doing McLovin before, like, five years before <laughs> McLovin. Fucking A. He was man. doing it way better. You're right. He's got a harder edge with a bit more of an edge. Like, yeah, he can, I like him in the movie. Cool I, I've never seen him before or since, but he was really funny in the film. Yeah, funny. I agree. Yes, we have lots of celebrity supporters. That's true. Oh, yes, really? that's okay. true. A, uh, we're a big deal on YouTube, apparently. Really caught on with pop culture. So 
I don't have. I never thought about the porn aspect of this. I just thought the porn was kind of like <laughs> really. Well, okay. Obviously, I recognize porn's involved in the film. It's a Maybe very exactly. heavy. To me, it's just the setting. It's like this. It's this piece. It's a part of the movie that is trying to tell the story. It's not about porn. It's just. It's sure. like a, the high school is a setting. Okay, that's part of the movie. That's okay. how I look at it. You know. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I, 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 but people are used to seeing high schools in movies. They're not used to not. I mean, like I have some like I have mixed feelings about how the porn industry has dealt with this film, which I think is a good thing. Is that the 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 film deals with porn in a mixed way? Like she she is ambiguous about it. She's it's not for her. It's not it's not for Danielle. But it doesn't present the industry like some sort of predatory, sick, awful thing for the most part. I mean, you, Kelly's kind of a bad guy, let's be honest. I mean, like he's <laughs> a chicken hawk, like preying on these teenage girls and shit. Like he's not a good dude. Um, oh, yeah. But but I still don't, like, I don't think it's like a damning portrait of pornography as an industry or anything like that. Um, Kelly's preying on her. And who does the James Rimar character? Yeah, uh, Hugo, he's definitely Hugo pretty much saying, ditch this guy and get with me. He's talking to like an eighteen-year-old. I have a lot of problems with the 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 the, the, the at those aspects of it, but there's we'll also we get to him. There's also the drugs uh, forcibly being given drugs. Uh, people might find that to be offensive. I mean, uh, it's not the first time I've seen the film, but I tell you what, I will never take shit. I mean, we just talked about this when we did, when we did SLC Punk. Like, why would you take fucking anything from a stranger? Like, let alone someone who's like openly your enemy. This dude just punched you in the fucking face moments ago. You say no, (laughs) but he does the way he does it so well. That car scene, he goes at him. Oh man, that's going to be a bitch. I'm sorry. Let me help you now. He's so, he's so good. The way he delivers his lines. He's always like, Hey, I'm your buddy. Uh, Like when he goes to the high school, Timothy elephant first shows up to their high school and Kelly's like talking to these girls, by the way, Olivia Wilde, who's just one of the high school. Yeah, I noticed her. Like, oh, that's Olivia Wilde. I never noticed that before. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about (laughs) Paul Dano's character. He's like, you guys got the killer, bud. This fucker (laughs) right here. Paul Dano's just sitting there like a doofus. It's so so dry. It's so funny. I I just thought Timothy Oliphant is the highlight of this movie by far. And uh, I'm glad. It's always going to make me laugh because of the way even his character is a piece of shit. That's a... (laughs) That's when you know it's a quality written character because he is a scumbag, Mm -hmm. but I still am like, ah, I'm kind of into this guy. Either way, I want to hang out with this guy. And you even get like this denouement with him at the end where you're like, oh, all right, I'm happy that his story gets kind of wrapped up nicely. And like, because you're even like, like you're you're recognizing this dude's a shitbag through like the whole movie, but he's so fucking charming that you can't help but like him. And then, of course, um, Matthew like totally outclasses him by, after all of that, sending him a box of cigars, which is how they met, or like <laughs> the first time they met. It's fucking yep. awesome. Like you learn, I learned a thing from you here. Learn a thing from me. Uh, there's also another reason critics would be calling this a gross movie is because of the uh, the way the character so Sam Young. The char- they're trying to bring him over. He's a foreign exchange student. <laughs> Sam Young. But I will, and it, there's. Like the guy at the party says, "Hey, when Samsung showing up?" That's clearly, <laughs> that guy. yeah. That, but that's, <laughs> oh yeah, that kind of kid in high school would absolutely exist. To me, that was to me that's real. Like high schoolers are morons. We're immature assholes, and they would say dumb shit like that. So oh, I don't yeah. think it's trying to like create a a display of, "Hey, fuck this guy from overseas, and we're gonna try to bring him over." And 
It, it's not like that. It's just what just high ignorant. schoolers are like. They're ignorant, imma yeah, they're ignorant yeah. immature morons. Like, so the kid is fucked. Like some young is fucked when he shows up, but not because everyone's all like bullies and like, oh, we hate you know people who aren't from America. More like they're gonna fuck with this kid in a big way. Like that was very yeah. realistic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've never seen a minority. Good luck here. <laughs> right. Which also kind of brings me to the the way the movie starts, ignoring uh, the kind of like cringy moment where like the the high school photographer is like calling the girl gorgeous and all that, and it's all porny. But after it gets past that, and it starts off where you think you're gonna follow this one set of characters who are just like Joe Americana and like just like this is gonna be a classic, traditional, conventional fucking teen like you know high school movie and here's our stars and then it's like record scratch like actually it's these guys over here and um they're very much on the outside of all that and we're, and we're gonna have a very actually unconventional high school film that we're gonna show you instead the movie i kept on thinking watching this even though like other than being an unconventional high school movie it doesn't have that much in common with it but uh, uh it is another cult classic it's three o'clock high um maybe mm, the surreal yes. elements the surreal yeah. elements, maybe the, a but, lot of not dreams but a lot of flashbacks or what are they are they are dreams i guess they're they're what yeah, if scenarios fantasies. that's my biggest problem fantasies. with the film actually if, if we want to oh, get into that yeah let's do it well i mean there's just a little too much where i'm like i'm not sure if this is happening or not because there, there's enough surreal things that happen in real life like say like when fucking kelly like bursts into his classroom and pushes the fucking desk yes and, shit, and you're like is this really happening like yeah, yeah that's a great really point so like that's there, a great that, point that's one of my few complaints is i'm like I, I can't always tell like what the fuck is this a fantasy or is this not because the fantasies are kind of feel like they were filmed and like maybe they were going to be actually included and then they weren't like when the principal or the assistant principal kicks in at the end of the film and like messes up the shoot or like when he's like driving past the security guard. Um, they yeah. feel like they're so specific in a lot of what's happening. It's like this doesn't feel like I don't know. I don't know. We're maybe I'm speculating here. Uh, well, Johnny Sins completely agrees with us. So right, thank thanks, you, Johnny. Johnny. Uh, is that there... I don't know if that's really you. Completely uh, agree, guys. What in the world? Johnny Sins watches you guys? Yeah, I mean, we have all types of fans. We don't discriminate. As long as you guys support the show and you want to be inclusive, welcome to the show. We love having you guys aboard. I will tell you that that point, Travis, mm. would usually piss me off. You know I hate dream sequences. Yeah. I always hate that. Yeah. And for I some reason. You, a good fan you like a good fantasy sequence, like License to Drive. I yeah, I guess, that, I guess that's a, there is a difference there a because. I didn't consider <laughs> the element of those types of scenes confusing me until I watched it this time as well. So I have to agree with you. I, I would. I I still laugh, though, when sure. as soon as he finds out she's a porn star and he comes home, she starts making out with his mom. <laughs> that was Ugh. so hilarious to cringy, me. Cringy, cringy, cringy. That, that, that scene is, I'm not crazy about that scene. Why I not? Mean, it was hilarious. I don't know, man. You're sexualizing like I don't know. It's that, that seems like this. He's a teenage doofus who just found his girlfriend as a porn star. So he's and yeah, I do get that. Like it makes like you're showing that this is what's really on his mind is the fact that she's a porn star. It's just like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was you so think... dumb because the way the actress who plays his mom's face is hilarious. It makes me laugh. Like Ooh! she did a good job. And uh, <laughs> was that uh, was that Bill Bosworth? Who was that? Timothy Bottoms. Timothy Bottoms. I always get them too messed up. Yeah. Timothy Bottoms. Uh, Eric, you're not saying much here. We want to get you involved in the conversation, Eric. So if you he, want to rip this it. movie, that just let it out. Come yeah, on. Go for it. I'm having a hard time overcoming your guys' praise for the Timothy Oliphant character. Even though you think he's, say he's a scumbag, you still laugh. For me, maybe it's because I didn't see it when I was a kid or whatever. 
the entire time he's on screen, I am like, this is kind of a problem for this entire movie. This is a violent, controlling prick who probably like coerced this like girl who's probably 18 now, but we know there's a history there. So what did you do before? The entire time I'm like, this is she is supposed a, to be 18? Like, I thought she was supposed to be like 22. I'm sorry, but that seems like a important Yeah, that's point. it's actually never clear. It's like maybe she's 19, but it's not clear. They don't bother telling us her history or even how she feels about this industry. So for this character oh, to come in and just be this Sorry, but, yeah. but I do feel like they tell us that. But go ahead. How? Well, I mean, she says I I want out of this and she says this yeah. is this is all I am. And she's not saying that okay, in like a good I'm talking way. about like she... how she got into it and how she feels about it, not just like I want out of it. And that's like, oh, well, at least she said she doesn't like it anymore. <laughs> well, I think it what? comes across very much that she's got mixed feelings about it. But what what what's up, Mike? I I got I, I I'm not going to keep bringing up these comments. There's just a new one. It's just so funny. Let's just keep going. Let's check in. No. <laughs> Stupid! This is who's doing this. It's so dumb. Prince Salman of Saudi Arabia has our support. <laughs> so I am dumb. Prince Salman of Saudi Arabia. You guys have my support. This is going on Saudi national television. Prince Salman, we thank you. With Whoever all wrote that has a great finance. sense of humor because if you know anything about Saudi Arabia, this movie would never be allowed to play except <laughs> in secret hideouts where everyone's constantly having sex and watching porn, which happens all over Saudi Arabia. But anyway, I mean, with all due respect to, to Prince Salman of, of Saudi Arabia, I, <laughs> it's hard for me to laugh when we've got a central figure who she's in this industry and I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't realize that there's very real differences between consensual, consensual sex work, non-consensual trafficking and sexual exploitation or any of that stuff. I'm not, I'm, there's no way I'm touching that. Uh, but I do have a problem with this male figure in the film. That's supposed to be a comedic element that is clearly an aggressive, threatening, uh, well, you know, hey, I'm yeah, sorry, go, ahead, your, go ahead. Your response go ahead. seems healthy and normal though. I mean, like he is the villain of the fucking film one and he's, we're supposed to see that he's charming where he can pull people into his web and, and get them to do things that maybe they're not really that into. So like, you know, like that we're laughing and that we're charmed, me and Mike are charmed by him. Maybe, you know, that's like, whatever, like your take on him is valid and good. And, and I don't see where that would necessarily harm the viewing of the movie. I can see that not necessarily finding it funny, but uh, yeah. certain, certain aspects. Well, funny, when, but we, like, when we like the fact that, Hey, uh, uh, Emil Hirsch character is friends with him now. I gave him a nice gift and everything's cool. I guess no, that's what I'm talking about. Like we're not vilifying this. No, 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 no. I don't think that. I mean, the the guy robbed him blind and try and tried to blackmail him to his family. They are not friends now. I, I think that that that's a message. The cigars yeah. is a message because when he first meets him, like he's trying to when 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 Matthew first meets uh, Kelly, he's trying to like prove that he's a man too, and he and Kelly like very condescendingly like shows him how to smoke a cigar. Like and you, and it is probably the first time the dude's ever smoking a cigar. So he's yes. teaching him here. I'm going to show you how to be a fucking man. And now, also, and yeah. now he turns around like, I'm going to show you how to be a fucking man. I'm a real fucking man here. Have a fucking bunch of cigars. Okay, so that goes to the bigger viewpoint of this movie. There's two things there. One is he's got nothing in terms of memories. That's how the movie starts. All these people, I remember when, and everyone's got their memories mm -hmm. of high school. Matthew has none. And also, he's trying to get this scholarship because he's going to Georgetown, which is about having 
top-notch moral fiber, and he wants to go to Georgetown to be president someday, which means he wants to be involved in politics and big-time affairs. So what ends up happening inadvertently is he does get involved in, like, a different version of these big-time affairs of, you know, the porn business and uh, Kelly's situation, and it's not what he maybe wanted originally, but they're trying to... I don't know if the writing is lame in that respect or if it's like, oh, it's pretty clever. I, I'm curious if you guys thought about either of those. I, I think that the third act generally feels like studios fingers got all fucking over it and started messing with it. Um, the third the third act is a is really the, the wonkiest bit. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot happening in the third act. Where I'm like, what the fuck is what is going on? Like you're telling me that Eli went home with a porn star and still edited the entire fucking thing uh with music and everything and then kelly somehow knew about all of this and where eli lived and snuck into his house while he was sleeping ejected the only copy i mean there's some wonky shit happening towards the end of the film is what i'm saying minions uh, out minions <laughs> i do like minions that makes me laugh oh i love the minions um so so but, but much of the movie i think makes a lot of sense and then things at the end eh, i think that gets a little fuzzy but i also heavily of the opinion that there's probably more than one exec who was like we can make this a pg-13 movie i know we can do this <laughs> do you is think it, it makes sense it? no it's, PG, it's, R. it's still it's R. R. okay it's yeah, absolutely R, yeah. it has that's what i thought R. that's what i thought just you almost sold me for a minute fuck do you think it makes sense that danielle falls for uh the emile hirsch character um, because like she he she perceives him to think differently about her when he's just thinking about how everybody else thinks about her, which is an object of sexual gratification from the get-go. I don't understand this attraction. Well, that's how it started. He looks at her through the window, right? And then she tries to get revenge on him by making him strip in the street mm -hmm. to get back in him. He also the one thing I okay, you're right. Initially, he does look at her in a sexual way because she's a he's a fucking horny more, teenager. Yeah, more than just sexual though, he's like he's head over heels, like right off. Oh the yeah, bat. yeah. He's this girl to him. She's a gorgeous fucking woman goddess. that's his age, lives yeah, right man. next door, and he's all in right away. But what changes it real quickly in terms of the character motivation that you're alluding to, Eric? To me, is that when they're in the car on that drive after she comes over. And by the way, they totally there's like jump scare esque bullshit going on in this movie <laughs> matthew come down here yeah and like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. Right. And they, yeah it's a total yeah. bullshit scary movie move that bothered yeah. me actually really bothered me okay. i'll let it go let it but go. where i actually see the validity of the character motivation is his contriteness in the car he says to her you know what i'm i am sorry i am just sorry i was told like he she can see the innocence in this guy so to me, at least, that's not ridiculous. I think that's it right there. Because I spent a lot of time this viewing, thinking this, like trying to think the same thing. What the, it's easy what, to see what he sees in her. What the fuck does she see in him? And I thought about it. I'm like, well, yeah. she's she's left this this industry and she's gone to her aunt's house, which she knows this house. And you know, mm -hmm. like she, like, and so like it's it's and she wants a normal life. And here's the boy next door, um, who see who doesn't know who she is and sees her as perfectly normal and is like smitten with her you know right off the bat because and like he's totally wholesome like he's not overly sexualizing her i mean he's sexualizing her. he's a fucking 18 year old boy like yeah. of course he's sexualizing her but like he's but he's like in love with her from like moment one um oh, and and well yeah but but still i mean like um so i to me i think that's like yeah it's a little suspect but she's i think she falls in love with his wholesomeness with his innocence with his earnestness yeah, think about where the setting is too. This neighborhood, this house she's at. 
she knows this area she's in is not the porn area at all, too. She yeah. knows she's in a... You have to think about the context. And maybe that's a stretch, too. To be, oh, you have to realize the setting she's in. And she's like, okay, I'm in a wholesome neighborhood, which could be bullshit anyways, because well, there's a ton of people who live in those type of neighborhoods are doing scumbag, <laughs> under-the-radar shit. But. but I think she wants to be normal, and he's normal, and makes yeah, her feel yeah. normal. Keep it simple. Yeah, I, I agree. Eric? Great soundtrack, man. Red House Painters, Thunderclap <laughs> Newman. Unbelievable soundtrack. Even Bob O'Reilly shows yeah. up in here. Leonard yep. Skinner shows up on I mean, like, the, like yep. the money invested on this soundtrack. I mean, Echo and the Bunnymen. I don't know if you just yep. said that, but like, it's fucking like, it's like. Elliot Smith. It's a barrage. Yeah. David Gray. It, it's just nonstop. Mm. Like, the movie starts, and it's just like an assault of like, like, like classic, probably expensive songs to get on your yeah. soundtrack. That's one of the reasons yeah. I always like the movie, frankly. That yeah. A music, if I like the music, it will draw me more into it. And that could be yeah. a totally absurd notion. But if I hear The Killing Moon, I'm like, oh, shit, this is a really good song. All right, All I'm right. going to give you a little more credit. I'll give you a little more leeway, and I'll admit that freely. Oh, yeah. oh, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. <laughs> I do, I got to admit, the biggest laugh I had of the movie, this is going to be too inside for Travis Scott and uh, Michael Jackson especially. <laughs> yeah. But the school security scene, I I started <laughs> thinking about fat bald, and I just started laughing my ass off for like yes. twenty minutes straight. See, <laughs> that was a fantasy again. Leave, and fat yeah. bald would fuck uh, us. Was what for the for those who don't know, fat bald was our security <laughs> guard at our high school. Who I'll give you a million reasons or chances, not as real. I'm name. guessing, yeah, why we called him. Uh, not a clever fat name bald. at all. Not yeah, a clever yeah, name no. at all. Uh, he didn't have sirens though. It was just a station wagon, a shitty station yep. wagon. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> either way, shitty station wagon. Unmarked. Yeah. Either way, I, I agree with you. That definitely. See, that's why this movie always kind of spoke to me as well. I thought they did a really good job of laying out at least what my kind of experience was in a high school. It doesn't mean it's everyone's experience, but for me, I, I saw a lot of relatability in some of the assholes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. And other yeah. characters that are in this school, I did. I no, like the yeah. first act. I, I like the spirit. Sorry, Travis, but like okay. the spirit assembly mostly. That was like was one of my favorite parts because <laughs> it was it was very true. It's just dumb kids being dumb kids, very relatable. Yeah, not ill natured, just fucking mm -hmm. goofing just off and having dumb. more fun than they should. Right. Um, it's like, yeah, I I agree. The the depiction of high school, like there is some stuff where it's like when they're you know, like there is definitely stuff where you have to suspend your disbelief like any fucking yeah. movie but um yeah i i always found this to be uh pretty true as far as the high school experience goes i mean uh eli again not like to get back on him for a moment like the movie starts like his character is so like the movie starts with him saying i just need to fuck something not someone <laughs> something that's but that's true. like that's like the stage of life this dude is which like you know when you're fucking 16 17 years old that's your tunnel vision and a lot if you're a dude yeah but are you gonna wear a vivid video cap to school um <laughs> i would i would Maybe. i would not be surprised I, yeah, not me but i, I doubt delegio yeah. would catch the reference yeah or maybe exactly. he would <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Hmm. all right what else are you pissed about eric come on i know you're pissed about more stuff yeah, I am. Um, most most notes I've ever taken for anything we've watched. Really? You oh. Really, Travis? Most notes I've ever taken for anything we've watched. I definitely well, want to get to yours. Surprise um, me. Give us a sample. Yeah, give us a little bit. I, I got more, but yeah. Let's, let's make <laughs> I mean, sure I wrote, we give you a lot. Apparently, I found it really quotable because mostly I just wrote down like fucking lines from the movie. How's the rack? Question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> 
I oh, thought yeah. that was important. Tom's a rat. Yeah, well, he's on um, the phone the first time he sees her. I remember, uh, but he memorable? hangs up on Eli. Also, one of my favorite movies moments of the movie. I wrote down the, the dialogue, dude. I know, dude. I know. That happened like five times in this period of about 20 minutes in that film because they're all just blown away because they yeah. all have nothing. I mean, this kid's going to Yale. Paul Dano's character's going to Yale, and he's going to Georgetown, and Eli's an isolated minion ruler of his tiny little yeah. camera world. They're and, all set. So what are the stakes? I mean, they're going to, even if it doesn't get into Georgetown, oh, it's going somewhere. So what are the no, stakes? It's obvious. It's, book smart. it's like book smart. It's like they, yeah. they, they fucking wasted their time being way too much involved with school. And now they're like, shit, we're about to not be kids anymore. And we're, we need to fucking let loose. And yeah. uh, Matthew in particular has realized that his life is, you know, already like he's got it all mapped out, but like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's not happy. And then like, there's this how is he, how is he going to live up to his idol JFK and do all the wonderful things that he did? Well, you can start by fucking really hot women. <laughs> He's halfway there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good spot. All right, give us a few more notes. Come on, dude. Oh, geez, um, I put myself on the spot. I guess. Um, you know, one of the things I really like about this movie is like, okay, like I made a note at one point, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a little conventional. It's the end of the movie and he's giving a big speech about how he feels. But no, it's not the end of the movie and he's giving a big speech of how he feels. So this movie, like it's a, it's an hour and 40 or an hour and 50. I mean, it's not, it's a little shy of two hours, yeah. but like it, it takes you on a fucking journey. Like a lot of movies would have like wrapped things up. Like when he loses her to Vegas, has to go and get her back. A, a lazy screenwriter, lazy filmmakers, or no, most filmmakers would have had that be the, the second half of the movie, and eventually he gets her back, and the movie's over. But like he gets her back, and then he's got this whole other thing to figure out. He's got to figure out how to deal with this twenty-five grand. He's got to figure out all this other stuff, and like uh, he's got to, you know, it's just the movie takes you like this place to place to place, and sometimes it's a little, you know, uh, contrived, but that's fine. Uh, I think that overwhelmingly and overall, the movie takes some risks and um, goes some places and does a lot in, with the, with the time that it has a, most movies, regardless of whether or not they have some sort of porn element are, are just not going to trouble themselves to have their, their character do it's It's almost exhausting, but in, in a way that it makes you want to watch it again. Do yeah. you have any notes about how the movie's called the girl next door, Alicia Cuthbert's on the cover. She has a big impact in that first act. And then she does nothing but stand around for the last 45 minutes, has no impact on the plot. I made um, a note that I don't quite understand why she disappeared um, at the prom scene at the end when he has to go back to like deal with that. But it only makes sense for her not to be there so that she can like walk in and, and stuff. But other than that, like, no, this is very obviously Matthew's movie, is it not? Yeah, it's it's not. I they mean, call it the girl next door. You're right, Eric. It's true, but but it's got a narrator. It's got a person that it starts with. I mean, like yeah, it is, it's it all about Matthew. He, she is a. It's kind of a boat. Maybe they should read. I don't have a problem with the title. It's fine because it's about him. But she's the impetus for all the change that happens in his life. So whether that's cool or not, and I that's don't one know. of the things I really liked about the movie too is like when she when they 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 kind of first start to fall in love at the diner and she draws a picture of herself to him. And gives it to him. I'm like, I'm like, that's interesting, kind of self-absorbed or something. But like, I'm like, well, she better, he better challenge her as much as she challenges him. And and I like this movie because like, she like, I love the moment when she puts him and forces him into this position where it's like, hey, you're gonna sit here and either watch your fucking enemies hit on me and walk your ass out of this party, or you're gonna turn yeah. around and man up and take me. Um, 
so like so she's willing to do that for him but like and like but she and like it takes more work significantly more work in a lot of ways for him to do the same thing for her but he but he does like however she feels about um the porn industry she doesn't really want to be there or do that and like he like he is adamant about like showing her that like no like you know uh i i i you, this is not this does not define you i think that's one of my big issues with the film that they have this opportunity in 2004 to talk about this industry and female empowerment in a way that kids that are going to the theater that are you know 18 to 25 are going to see and yet they don't have uh that much to say about female empowerment you got a character that's stuck in a situation with a controlling pimp and she needs this high school senior male to save her she does nothing about her own situation oh, i think you make some good points there i think you do. Uh, she also is a part of getting the whole final video thing together making the sex mm -hmm. ed video she's a very important part of that and she, she's not she's doing it what her motivations are okay we could argue that that's fair but she is key to that and they also make the men look smaller you like uh the kid who blows his load in a heartbeat or he can't perform or whatever he's a, you know, they, so they exp i think there's a fair amount of like hey at least some exploration yes okay well all right well I, okay. uh, something to I, think I, about something to i'm think gonna about. think about it i'm gonna stew on that for a while well this kind of gets back to my point earlier like I, I i am fine with her being ambiguous about how she feels about the industry i think that the that's what i like about the movies it, it doesn't treat the industry as is as, as evil thing like the two friends of hers that come and go to the prom with her and stuff like they seem happy as fucking pigs and shit. They're very clearly like just happy, contented people with the lives that they've chosen. And, yes. um, and, and you get in like the, the, the perfectly nice woman that, uh, Clitz, Clitzy feels up in front of her husband. Like that's, that's, you know what I mean? Like, like she seems like she, I mean, I don't know if that's female empowerment exactly, but like, <laughs> um, I do think that the movie, like it, like it shows that this is Danielle's issue with pornography it's and like not it's not that it, pornography is inherently a evil industry but i do agree with you that like i'm a little like eh, he's got a savor from this thing and all that kind of stuff like yeah I mean, I'm, I'm not in love with that either but i think that they walk a line here and do an okay job of it yeah you think about other high school teenage-esque movies think about like an american pie like that movie's so <laughs> exactly. dumb what's going on they try to make it about these doofuses who're trying to get laid a senior year prom's coming up there's a prom in this movie that's you know prom is always the end of most high school focused films and that's never going to change probably but in this film they do go in a lot of different directions and they do flip the script on your typical high school hijinks comedy this is not that and if it does get into that category then i would give the movie more credit for that because it's not that ah uh, i heard what you just said and yet, this for me, this could easily be like Van Wilder 4 or American <laughs> Pie, one of those five direct-to-DVD sequels. Like, Eugene Levy how, just how is his career. Different? Like, how is this different from, wouldn't it be cool to take a porn star to the prom? That Like, that's what this <laughs> is to me. Like, how is this different? I that is not it. fair. I, I do love when fair. they fucking like the like the losers or whatever like stroll in with porn stars and a film crew. That is yeah. just so satisfying to watch. Um, this is an upstart too. Yeah, that's a good point, Travis. Like, fuck the jocks and these guys who are always the popular people. This is like a an upstarts movie, and I like that too. I guess I do enjoy that part of it. I didn't really think about it till that moment, but I do. 
Yeah, I mean, and okay, is this coming from the tradition of early two thousands bro movies like that? Like were very sexualized and kind of throwbacks to meatballs and shit. But okay, <laughs> yeah, there's some connections to All that. Right. But I, but I, I, like what sets us apart for me, it's it's the relationship. There's very real, like to me, I, I feel like there's a very real heart to this film. I feel like there's a, a good connection, a good chemistry with between Emil Hirsch and Aletha Cuthbert. At least whatever the fuck her name is. Say that. Uh, said it, yeah. I can well, I can hardly even look at her without like like my brain just fries, and I just want to stop <laughs> doing. It. I just want to gaze and stare okay. at her longingly. Um, yeah, see, so that's a few things. Yeah, I can't blame Matthew. Yeah. yeah, she always. She does. Happened? She has a. Where, where is she? I this don't is, uh, know. What seventeen years ago? Where, where is she? Last I've time I saw her, she was in that TV show Happy Endings in the last decade, yeah. and I haven't yeah. seen her since. So, um, I really liked that show too. Um, yeah, I, I got know, cut she, short. I'm sorry. I know I was not happy about that, but I, I yeah, just and not just gorgeous. I mean, I think that she is a talented, convincing, natural actor. Um, Play Jack Bauer's like daughter on 24. I didn't really watch that. No, I like I, her. I like her and Emil Hirsch. <laughs> That's why I think they're kind of above I like this her. material. Um, I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I like them. I like what Emil Hirsch is. I'm sorry, Travis. I like what Emil Hirsch is doing here. Uh, I think his acting is really good. This is like his second film after mm-hmm. like Emperor's the, Club. The Emperor's Club. With Paul Dano, what about the, what was well, that the art Club. school movie that he did? With, oh, the uh, uh, lives, dangerous lives of Alter Boys. That was the same year as the Emperor's Club, I believe, two thousand two. Yeah, so, yeah, that was before. For many club. years, he was he. I think he was signed on, and then he started gaining the weight, and then the project got canceled. But he was going to play John Belushi, and then you watch this scene where he's on the uh, ecstasy, and I'm watching. I'm kind of seeing it like this is a talented actor, and this is a good performance for for a second feature out of the gate for him. Let me, I, let me so fucking confident. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're right. Absolutely. I, I just Look, wanted for a kid to, his age. For a kid his age. Let, you know how IMDb gives you more like this. You know, they offer more suggestions. Yeah. Here's yeah. some of the suggestions off the IMD page of oh, this boy. movie. She's out of my league, starring <laughs> Jay Baruchel, oh, a bozo comedy. Yeah. Euro trip, bozo comedy. American so my, Pie. We already called that one. New guy. Road trip. <laughs> Featuring the guy from the new guy, DJ Qualls. America Pie 2, American Wedding. I mean, it's all just locked into all the same type of bozo movies. Accepted with Justin Long, where somebody tries to get into college. Mm -hmm. None of these movies, none of these movies have what the depth of this film. I really believe that. Depth. No, I agree. I mean, like, when everyone wanted to call everything fucking grunge, including Afghan wigs, this is the Afghan wigs. (laughs) (laughs) This is not quite that. Like, I see where you want to lump it in and say it's one thing because you see some of these elements. But I think I think this movie stands apart. Not just uh, the relationship. I think the the uh, unconventionality of is that a word? Unconventionalness of, of the sure. of the script. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I mean the, the the twists and turns that it takes. I I think and 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 I and, and I don't think the actors are above this. I think they elevate the work. I think yes. that you have these two, and you have Paul Dano, you have Timothy Oliphant, Remar. You have some really talented people here in this film. And they they elevate the whole fucking thing. So I mean, like uh, you just have a good cast, and it's well written. The dialogue is well written. I don't know if the structure of the movie is solid or not, but the dialogue is really solid. I think it's like fresh and it's not cheesy. You might find it to be at times, but I think that it's well done. Now, Eric, tear it apart some more. Go ahead, give us another one. Counselor had an awesome cast. Movie's absolute trash. This is true. No one could elevate that material. (laughs) That's true. No, so? I'm, I'm just I'm just joking. You're right. Yeah, they do make it. 
they do make it better for me for sure. The acting's fucking incredible. These are the writers from Van Wilder. This is the director of the animal oh, really? from Rob Schneider, and it totally all of that totally shows for me. That's why I'm sitting back and I'm like, it's like we're reviewing American uh, Pie. I didn't know that. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, I kind of like the animal. <laughs> I did too. I saw the animal in the theater. I'm not even kidding. Oh, and I've seen it many times. It's I haven't seen it in a long times. time, but I, I, I haven't seen it a long time either. Yeah. Actually, you're I'm right. Sorry. I watched you guys it for... like it. I'm glad. I don't want to be so. I'm just no. I, we guys. we do the show so we can present all oh, facets of yeah. our opinions for everyone who's into this movie or what, will, opposed to this movie. And I will say this um, while we're talking about like being harsh about a film or whatever. I'd like to. I'm not going to change my my ruling on Judgment Night, but I do think I myself went a little harsh <laughs> on Judgment Night. There's there's more there yeah, to you've enjoy. You've been thinking than, about it. I've been thinking about uh, it. I've been yes. thinking, I'm not going to undo my ruling, but I do think that I was a little harsh on it. Right. Wow. Okay. I'll uh, take that for hey, sure. Could be a bonus episode. Travis's regrets. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we're getting to the end of this thing. Anything else yeah. before we close up shop and shut down the girl next door? Mm, just so much attack parrot. Um, there's an attack <laughs> parrot at one point. The, the, the dick trophy. Phallus. Yeah, dick oh, trophy. I'm a sucker for a guy or a girl or anybody who's on drugs in inappropriate scenes. That's always going to make me laugh. I can't help What's myself. What's the best? The best has to be Wolf of Wall Street when he's fucking That's... around on the... <laughs> so, yeah. It's yes. so funny. It's so it's stupid so when he's funny. on the airplane. Yeah. No, Hefa, he's like rolling Hefa. around. Hefa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, fucking Satchel shows up on this soundtrack also. Like, there's some really good music here. Uh, a lot of good oh, references. Yeah. I think that this uh, scholarship program is brutal as shit. Like, what is this? Like, yeah. just public humiliation? Just go up there and like watch <laughs> and wait and see if they if you spoke words good enough. Ugh, fuck me, that's yeah. awful. Yep. <laughs> oh, that and also funny. <laughs> that's my, why I kind of like it, man. Like, excuse me, Travis, <laughs> but they are kind. Of, what the one thing the script is doing, in my opinion, I don't mean the one thing. It does a few things. But it is saying speeches are bullshit. Like a, a man's or a, even a 17 uh, year old kid's life experiences mean way more than some stupid speech that may or may not win you some scholarship. I did like that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, and, I, you know, is there a more like I'm, every time I watch this movie still, I am so fucking disappointed in him um, when he takes her to the hotel, to the motel and fucking yeah. like nods at it and like and she goes along with it's so brutal and hard to watch and he's in this leather coat not even a leather jacket like it's like a leather coat and it's like so he's like it trying was to be real cool. though it was, it was very real though. Like, i know and that's and that's why i cringe it's hard to watch because i care all right and you're only like a half hour in the movie and i care about these characters i'm excited about the possibilities between them and like i'm like you're fucking falling into this trap dude um yeah, like, peer and, pressure and, eli yeah. got to him well, and that's partly him too. Obviously, he follows through, and the way that she goes along me. with it, and like the way that she goes along with it is so fucking. It's like it makes it even harder, you know, because you're like, oh, like she. It she's was like, honest. Yeah, it's really honest, and 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 again, like it happens relatively low or early in the film, so it's just like there are these hooks uh, throughout the film that just get me like emotionally engaged over and over again, which is another thing I think holds it apart from shit like American Pie Two or whatever. Van Wilder. To yeah. the oh, rise yeah. of Taj. Yeah. No, no, Wilder, no, no dogs get masturbated in this film, so it's got that going <laughs> for it. <laughs> ah, there it is. Oh, there it is. All right. Well, well let's close it up then. Uh, yeah, on that note. Uh, Air, uh, Tra well, uh, Travis, why don't you go first this week? Dude, I love this movie. 
fucking love this movie. Wow. I do think I do think it uh, gets like I said. I think the third act gets a little man. There's some like how the fuck does she know where they're at? Like there's all this stuff where I'm like kind of like okay, I don't know. This isn't making sense. But by that point, I'm so on board that I don't really care anymore. The f- the first two acts are so strong. Um, the connections between not just him and her, but the connect the tripod man. The fucking tripod is giving it to do like this. This these friendships really matter. That they're part of the stakes of the film. And so, like, again, another crucial part of that, like, teenage experience, like, if you're going to watch this movie, you feel connected to your friends, you feel horny and lonely, you feel like you're falling (laughs) in love, you feel detached from the people that are doing high school or doing life right somehow. Like, there's so much to connect to in this movie. It absolutely holds up. I'm really glad you chose it. (gasps) Eric, why don't you go next? Let's see. uh, I think we know where you're coming out on this one. Come on. It's a movie clearly written by some dumb guys. It feels like... (laughs) It was. It feels like it was written by teenagers, and they gave teenagers like a hundred, like like twenty million dollars to go make a movie. And then they made it, and this is it. There's something kind of slick and dreamy that I like about it. That's mainly in the cinematography and the score. I think saves the motherfucker because you you have like a five minute montage with about romance, and you're gonna throw fucking Echo and the Bunny Man on there. Oh yeah, I'm sold. This relationship would totally work. So there's some stuff in there that that does sink its teeth into you. It's infantile script. It's it, like I said, it's like the fourth directed <laughs> DVD sequel to American Pie. Um, it it refuses in a in a weird way to talk about these very real differences between sex and genuine, sincere love. There's an opportunity there. They don't really do it, or if they don't do it enough for me. Um I, I didn't care for the film. Uh, it just wasn't there for me. I liked Eli and Klitz. I would have preferred it be about them. And we just had a fun sex raunchy romp for a while. These tones that they try to blend um, don't work for me. So for me, I can't say it holds up, but I just saw it a couple of days ago and I am 41. Maybe I'm just an old man, but it's not for me. Fucking Robert coming in. <laughs> yeah, Richard Robert. Look at my <laughs> life. Uh, yeah. All right, so sorry, man. This movie, by the way, it didn't come out when we were kids. I mean, it came out when we were twenty-four. So yeah. kids, we were kids. still morons, but we weren't that morons. Yeah, we weren't seventeen-year-old. Yeah, so um, yeah, we weren't throwing baked like... potatoes at the wall. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, no. McGriddles. Uh, um, think about the movie like Donnie Darko. Yeah, it's yeah, based it in high school, you know, and there's a really great soundtrack, but it's not a. There's a few lines that are funny in that movie. I get a few laughs at Donnie Darko. Some lines like, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, but it's a, definitely, the tone is much more serious. It's about some guy and the end of the world. So that's where the similarities end. But to me, they actually belong in the similar class beyond all the other movies we mentioned here with the goofy hijinks. And I like dumb hijinks. I, just, I don't need to think all the time. Sometimes I just want to zone out and, okay. you know, that's watch true. Strange Wilderness on repeat. That's I've good, done it. That's a good so, point. Yeah, it's going to happen. And at the same time, I know that we're trying to improve the world and we're always trying to do that. And this movie came out in a period and we have to remember that. But we ask ourselves, hey, does it hold up? Is this so out of bounds that it doesn't hold up? No, I don't think so. I think this is a film that has a lot of clever lines, quality laughs, and it's actually thought provoking. And I think the older you are, though, you might be more disconnected to it because we lose touch with that period in our lives where we consider... Hey, I don't know anything about adults. They all look stupid to us. We know what's going on, and we're trying to figure this shit out at the same time. So, 
But at the same time, if you can actually go back to your younger days and connect with it, not every adult will be immune to the charms of this film. So I think it holds up. I, I just think it's, I think it has enough going for it where it's not a piece of shit. And there may be a few issues that are not ideal, but it's still enough to say this is a solid film. It holds up. All right. Two holds up. Eric, you're muted. So if you're tearing it apart, we want to hear it. <laughs> do, you, do, you, <laughs> do you think that their sex ed video would make it to most high schools in America? I think it's a genius idea. I really do. It'll never happen, but I think it's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe if the, the porn stars didn't rip their clothes off, it would. Yeah. Or if you've seen um, Paul Dano's giant, I suppose, allegedly penis. You know, that's one of the things I like about the movie, too, while we're still on it. Like, I'm Is like, the skinny guy's got to have a big dick. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite part <laughs> about the whole movie. No, uh, like when they're like trying to decide whether to do it, they're trying to get Dino to come along and they're like, and they're like, we're a fucking tripod. We need you. I'm like, no, you don't. You're like, you, you're the film guy and like he's the fucking producer <laughs> guy and he, and like we don't really need you. It turns out it all hinged on him. Yeah, that's true. It's a bait and switch, though, man. Like, I, I'm watching yeah. it. And I hate to digress, but I kind of was wishing it would be about what if a, a video production class decided to try to make their own sex. I wish that was what the movie was about instead of this bait and switch where, uh oh, yeah, they're not making a porno. They're actually doing this. Yeah, Time to do a Kickstarter, dude. Get Make that movie. <laughs> you make that film. Make that film. Make, make that, that film. film. All right. There it is. The Girl Next Door 2004 film. Hey. Tell us what you yeah. thought. Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com. Or you can hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you feel most comfortable sharing your opinions in public. That's the format for you. If you're uh, a multi-Grammy award-winning superstar, hit us up. <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving is next week, so we're going to try to get in next week's episode very quickly. We're going to do it on Saturday, which is two days from now, yeah. apparently. Oh, shit. And yep. we have a guest. Who is it, Travis? What's cooking? We have a guest from the Cage Rage podcast, a Nicolas Cage podcast. We're going to have Daryl Edge. I'm very excited cool. to have Daryl on. I uh, stumbled across his podcast simply by Googling Nicolas Cage podcast because I wanted to listen <laughs> to that? one. That's exactly <laughs> how I found him. And uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a British fellow with a really great sense of humor and a fond, fond love of Nicolas Cage. So you know he's a man after my heart. Uh, and he has picked a film for us to watch, and he's on brand. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. Yes. Okay, that's cool. I do like that. <laughs> yes, I do too. I forgot to look up the year um, that the movie. I just hope is it's from. not god awful. Wild at heart. It's it's the weatherman. Ah! Yes! This is Fuck! not my short list. God some damn it. Very interesting responses here. One of you is thrilled. The other movie. one is furious. One of them's pissed. Weatherman, so the family man, the trilogy series of the man. Yep. All right. It's only two. Let's do it. It's a third man movie. Really? This is a it just feels like there call. should be because there's all these Nicolas Cage movies where he's Big the man. man. He's a Big different man. type of man. Yeah. He's a family man. He's a weatherman. He's, uh, he's a wicker man. There is another man. You got it. I, knew it. I can't right, wait. I'm is. so excited. This has been on my short list. So yeah. now we have a great opportunity. Oh, I, really thank feel God. Like did, I feel like he did a really good job here in picking this because yeah. it's on brand for both his podcast and ours. Because I feel like this is a movie so that like, it, it fits right into like something that we would. Yeah. Anyway. The, yeah. Let's do it, man. Wait, are you doing the weather man or the family man? I'm already confused. The weather man. Okay. The, the what? The weather man. Okay. The weather man. That the one Don Cheadle? No, that's yeah. the family man. We're watching that's the family man. man. Magical. I'm telling you, yeah, shit. Yeah. Oh, this might be the one I never saw. Actually, oh wow, it's the one, it's the one where he has a toupee. 
the one. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is good then. Okay, I feel much better. It's oh, not the Family it? Man. Yay! The Weatherman. Wow. I don't think I don't think I've actually ever saw this film. So. You're in for a treat. You're in for a frosty dairy treat. The <laughs> Gore Verbinski <laughs> film. Duck. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see if it holds up when we get together on Saturday. A little early this time. Nicholas Holtz. How young was he? He's a He's child. Very in this young. Movie? This okay. is like one of his yeah. first movies. Yeah. You're gonna love it. There you go. Yeah. This is. Yeah. Uh, so we're right doing. What time are we doing this? One o'clock p.m. One thirty p.m. Our time. On I gotta Saturday. break the leaves. One thirty. Yeah, our time. I gotta watch okay. college football. That's really just not. I gotta good watch the weatherman like that morning. Oh yeah. The only time I'm gonna have. Well, we got forty eight hours to watch the weather. <laughs> yeah, I do. Have you to watch, watch that film. Watch that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is. So right. next, not next week. In forty eight hours, we'll have forty eight hours. Forty eight hours. Forty eight hours. You watch weatherman. I'll watch your film, John. All right, we're off the reels. We're having Daryl on. We'll see you guys Saturday, and uh, thanks for joining us on the Cinema 9 podcast. That Matthew Kidman, he fucked me. He fucked me real bad.